Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Between the Legs, a podcast about those in the motorcycle community and those who contribute to it. In today's episode, we learn about Emily, manager of Patent Coffee in New York, and her unique transition from social work to coffee. The world of specialty coffee is supported by people who care deeply for the process beans go through to get from where they're grown to what ends up in your morning brew. There is a lot of labor and love that goes into that $4 cup we enjoy, sometimes daily. This episode is complete with tangents about fast casual restaurants, a recipe for Emily's cappuccino, and a story about a chance encounter in an Uber that convinced her to finally get her motorcycle license. I hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. We met people. We did meet people. We met the nicest. You're ladies. welcome for falling. <laughs> it was. Like, I felt so bad actually because I was in front of you, and then the lady like swerved right at the last second, and so like I clipped it, and then because you saw me swerve, you went to the right. Yeah. And then that's where the rock went. So you hit the rock and then fell. And I was like, no. <laughs> And then I just laid there in the mud for 30 minutes. (laughs) You almost had a panic attack. I did almost have a panic attack. You were like really close. I was very close. (laughs) Yeah. And the lady's like, oh, my daughter has panic attacks. Uh, What do you do to like not have one? And I'm like, I I don't. I just have one. (laughs) Like I don't just, I'm not going to just hold it in. (laughs) It's like no coping mechanisms here. Yeah. I was like, I thought I was dying. Yeah. Like, you. And you kind of want to die. Oh God, it's <laughs> it's so like, maybe bad. it'll be over. No, it was so weird. And the second one just, they both happened kind of for no reason and just like came out of nowhere while I was like, one, I was trying to work. This is when I was at Steak and Shake. Cause, you know, What's their slogan? I was trying to like think. Steak and Shake? Yeah. The steak and Shake where you get no. the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They don't have a slogan? I, I mean, it's like... I'm really into restaurant slogans. Oh, you are? Just like recently. Well, mostly because everyone makes fun of me for liking like the chain fancy restaurants. <laughs> so like Olive Garden. Love Olive Garden. And like every one of my birthdays has been at Olive Garden. Like oh, no. Because that was what was fancy in the Midwest. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And like it was a special occasion and they sang to you and all that I mean, and I then the factory, so. oh yeah hell yeah cheesecakes? what's their slogan um i don't know but olive garden was why did it just leave my mind oh when you're here your family 
but they changed it just recently uh we just went like last week and we asked the waiter (laughs) and he said it's hospitaliano which is not even a word like they literally just made it up yeah i don't know and then we went to applebee's the other night and there's this Uh, eating good in the neighborhood oh yeah we went there for a half and their happy hour used oh my god right i love their week their happy hour used to start at seven and now it's four o'clock to close so it's literally half the day is half priced apps and drinks yeah but it's great because <laughs> it's a block from my house <laughs> i love when they do it where it's like half price versus uh when they do it for uh the endless because if it's the mm. endless depending on how many people you have you can really only get like two otherwise you're spending like 40 dollars on appetizers right. and if you're eating all of them then it's like you get sick of the one thing and i'd rather have half and then get like four or five things right yeah i want no one leaves needs endless anything. mod sticks yeah, Spanish art show tip. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, every appetizer fan. All of them. Their regular food though. No. No. Nope. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's Guilty pleasure. Thing to me. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, there's like super rich, famous people who are really into the Olive Garden. What's that? Um, the rapper guy. He's got like. Post Malone. Yeah. He's the one that now owns. He owns an olive garden? No, he owns the slogan. Jimmy Kimmel bought When You're Here, Your Family and gave it to Post Malone for his birthday. What? Yeah, that's what. It's not that's Olive Garden. T- I know. And my friend for my birthday got that engraved on a denim jacket for me. <laughs> 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 Underneath the collar, like you flip up the collar, it says When You're Here, Your Family. Oh, <laughs> I know. Cute. building out Olive Garden and growing it across the country, you don't think that, like, your slogan is necessarily going to mean something to people the way that you and Post Malone have just really shared this Yeah, I mean, Post Malone has, he says, he's celebrated every birthday and then every platinum record or song or whatever, he's gone to Olive Garden to celebrate. I only know this because I'm not, like, a huge Post Malone fan. I just watched that episode of Jimmy Kimmel. (laughs) I know, me too. He's, like, funny in a non, like, like, making fun of people way. Yeah, like Ellen. Yeah, like, like Jimmy Fallon, he just makes fun of people. But Jimmy Kimmel is, like, just naturally a funny human. Yeah. Sorry, Fallon. I mean, it's okay. Fallon's got uh, Justin Timberlake, so. That's true. I think he doesn't care. <laughs> Can you imagine just being best friends with Justin Timberlake? I wonder what he's like in real life. Just... A boy. Really? I don't know. Oh, Maybe. Do I, so. <laughs> we can both be hypothetical. Probably. So, Emily. That was a fun not to talk about mm-hmm. all of that. <laughs> Even though I love it. Honestly, we should go. I love those breadsticks. Um, actually, if we're going to do bread at a fast food chain restaurant, we have to go to Red Lobster. Oh, yeah. Get the biscuits. I didn't grow up on Red Lobster because my parents didn't eat seafood. That's a thing, though. Their seafood is like... <laughs> yeah. But so, they're like, cheddar biscuits. Oh. Yeah. I used to work at an Applebee's, and next door was the Red Lobster, because they're always right next to each other. Right. And the Red Lobster people would get out at 11, but we wouldn't get out until, like, 1 to 2, depending on if you were closing or not. So they would come over, and in order to get some, like, basically free drinks with the ones they buy, they would bring us 
all of the cheddar biscuits oh my god the night, and there'd be like 30 to you know maybe there's only like 10 or something yeah but on average there was about 20 30 biscuits and whoever was working that night when they showed up would just like demolish them yes mm. love that i worked at tgi fridays you did yeah oh nice the fancy applebee's <laughs> Yeah. It was just, it like had a the Jack Daniels order. chicken. Jack Daniels anything. I love Jack Daniels. All right. Yeah. We can talk about other things. It's fine. <laughs> other than passenger <laughs> phones that will probably make us hungry. So coffee. How did you get into coffee? I do that. I do that. <laughs> <laughs> you make really good coffee. Well, you know. Uh, how did I get into coffee? So I was in college and wait. Maybe I was out of college. I was in college working in a social work um, like role because that was my degree. Mm-hmm. And then I stayed at that place and went into a different role when I graduated college. And then I realized very quickly that I struggled <laughs> with the like code of ethics that social workers have to like work by because mm-hmm. um, I just wanted to help everybody like all my clients I wanted to like help them do whatever they needed not just what my role was and so I just struggled like not having relationships with them outside of work or not in a bad way or like negative way but just like helping them outside of my role and so I was like just kind of like over it I was like well I'll just I learned a lot in college Uh, A lot of social skills, a lot of like connecting with different types of people. Um, And I, so I decided to start working at a cafe in the evenings to see how that was while I was doing my social work job. Um, And at the same time, my parents started fostering a five month old. Yeah. So cute. And she's great. Um, Are they still? Um, she is now six, but yes. So when they started fostering her, I quit my social work job and essentially became like the live-in nanny because I still lived with my parents and I took care of her during the day and then I'd work at the cafe at night while my, cause my parents both worked full time. And so then I, it was very like mom and pop, like we didn't know anything about like the intricacies of coffee or anything um but after working there for like two years two and a half years like during that time me and Colton got married um thanks yeah (laughs) but um uh my boss actually told me about this nonprofit down the road that was going to be opening a cafe employing adults with disabilities and I was like interesting social work and coffee so I like hit it up I look like apply interview um get the position to manage and help open the shop um so and then I was only there for three months but I was trained by a cafe that is like considered quote-unquote specialty coffee um where they roast their own beans everything's like a Everybody's paid fair wages across the board between the farmers, the employees, um, and then, like, just transparency of, like, where the coffee's coming from. 
et cetera, et cetera. So um, I was trained by them uh, on how to dial in the coffees where you like weigh the coffee that goes into like the espresso machine and then you weigh the coffee that comes out and like you have these like parameters that you have to meet and you like I don't want to get like super technical because I can go yeah. really nerdy I, like, but visually have seen this okay yeah like, everyone has yeah oh yeah like, true I've watched him pour water and he does it slowly enough so that when the water drips it like has to hit a certain weight yes and I would just, like, watch him just pour coffee into this really fancy porcelain yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and then if it goes too fast, you make the grind of the coffee finer so that it, it the water takes longer to get through the coffee and it's extracting more oh. flavor. But if it goes too slow, it can be, like, bitter and, like, just, like, muddy. And so you would make the grind of the coffee more coarse so that it goes a little bit faster and so yeah so it's just like playing around with all these parameters and my mind was blown that I've you could that. yeah that you could make taste make coffee taste how you wanted it to taste and so I was like I went deep at that point and I was, <laughs> it was it was all over so like I started reading books I started watching YouTube videos like different things and like getting into latte art and all that and then can you do latte art? I can do latte art. What kind of things can you make on the latte? Uh, I mean, there's this thing called tulips, where it's like essentially a bunch of hearts stacked up, where it kind of looks like a flower, and then a thing called a rosetta, where it's like squiggly lines and then like pulled through. So it's just like one continuous thing. There's swans. You can do you can swans. Swan. <laughs> That's about it. Oh That's my God. it. That sounds awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's like competitions and stuff. Have you been any? I have. There's like local ones here, usually once a month at least. It's called Thursday Night Throwdowns. Ooh. Yeah. Um I haven't been one to a and I haven't been to one in a while, but um I have yet to win one. I've only gotten second place a couple of times. But and then there's like national level where you send pictures in, a panel of judges pick sixty four people by their pictures and then you go like I went to Nashville and then I went to Baltimore which is when I got this tattoo and compete against like people from all over which is wild that's crazy yeah it's so dumb but so fun and like the community is really good and yeah it's cool you like you decided that this was something you wanted to be interested in and then like slowly got into it and then all of a sudden you're just like fully immersed other people who also feel as passionately about <laughs> controlling the taste of the coffee. yeah it's wild that's crazy <laughs> Dang. yeah that's kind of how i feel about motorcycles a hundred percent me you too just, like get a little bit into it and then you become addicted yeah all you can think about is like what's next yeah week. yeah yes <laughs> it's like raining and you're like i don't care i'm riding in the rain today it's gonna happen uh, riding in the rain terrifies me but it is fun to like know that you can handle that yeah but it's cool do you want to explain your tattoo to people because it's really cool and you showed me earlier i just have a coffee pot tattoo that's like a very like kind of old school like diner coffee pot with coffee in it um, that I got in Baltimore when I was competing there. 
And then I have a grinder die tattoo because <laughs> I worked at a cafe called The Grind. Is that where you learned the specialty stuff? Um, that was my first cafe that I worked at here in New York. And how many have you worked at? Three. This is my third one in like three and a half years. Wow. But I feel like New York years are like dog years. Yeah. Like I've actually been here 21 years. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. It's crazy. Like, you, like, I've only lived here three years. And then if I think about just the last year and, like, what I've yeah. done, how I've changed. Yeah. Like, like, who you are and where you've been. It's completely different. Insane. Honestly, we should just, like, keep diaries or something and write it all down because I can never remember. It. No. And I was talking to someone today thinking about, like, man, it's been so long since I've talked to you. And then I went back her text message to like figure out how long it had been it'd been five days <laughs> <laughs> yep because so much happens uh, crazy <laughs> did you get into motorcycles the same way as coffee um so i grew up riding on my grandpa's motorcycle with him um like there's a super cute picture of me on the back of his motorcycle and like my favorite shirt at the time like a camo spaghetti strap which was risky for my mom to let me wear when I was like eight years old like (laughs) I know um in this like oversized helmet and uh so yeah I grew up riding with him and then he also has a farm and he had dirt bikes and a go-kart for the grandkids so we would go but I wrecked like three times in a row like each time we went for three times in a row, I wrecked. And so I just like gave up. I was like 12 years old. I was like, nope, not for me. Two wheels. No, thank you. And then here I am. <laughs> but I told myself once I paid off my student loans, I'd get a motorcycle. But I said that before coming to New York. And I was like, once I paid off my student loans here, I was like, does it make sense to like ride in New York? And I took an Uber pool with this girl that I still have no idea her name. If you're listening to this, mystery woman, um, I took an Uber pool with her from my house in East Harlem. She said she lived across the street to Brooklyn. And I don't even know how it came up, but she rides. And she convinced me on the Uber ride that it made sense to ride in New York. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I went home like we were going to Brooklyn for like a little staycation. So like we stayed in a hotel there, but then we like, when I got home from that little staycation, I signed up for the MSF course. Um, and then I bought my bike three days after the MSF course. And I had no idea what I was doing. Like, I mean, like I went and test rode a huge ass Harley and it, scared the crap out of me (laughs) so I was like absolutely not I was like because I didn't want to buy a bike that I thought because people are like don't buy a small bike because you'll outgrow it so fast and you'll be upset and so I'm like all right I'll go test drive this this Harley and I was like nope yeah yeah exactly and so then I the next bike I test drove is the one I have now and I just like in my mind was like okay it I can pick it up if I need to I can sit on it and like hold it up, like check, check. All right, I it can ride, <laughs> like cool. <laughs> so I like bought it on the spot from this guy, um, 
I like texted Colton that day and I was like, Hey, I'm going to go test drive this bike. I know you're flying out tonight, but like, can you meet me there? And like lower East side. And he was like, well, uh, okay. But like, I will have to go to the airport from there. And so I just like drove up first Avenue from lower East side. (laughs) Yeah. And sat in traffic for like an hour. I know. I'm so sad you don't get to see who she is, but she, like, essentially changed your life. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yes. I don't think I'd be writing yet. Like, I would still want to. I don't think I would have taken the step unless some, like, I ran into somebody similar to her. That would have been just like, yeah, I ride. It's fine. Like, (laughs) parking's fine. Don't worry about it. And that's, like, she just, like, relieved all my questions. Like, I literally was like, this is why I don't don't ride. This is why I don't ride. This is why I don't ride. And she was like, well, this is like, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. And that's bullshit. And I was like, all right, fair. I, I'm you doing it. A great point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, it's been great. Oh man. I wonder how many people are in like a similar situation as you where like they really want to, or they've thought about it or they're like, oh, I can yeah, but then just never do because they don't have someone to talk to. Right. I was in a motorcycle shop by my house. Um, I don't, I was just standing there. I was waiting for something and a guy walked in like an MTA bus driver walked in and he like had just gotten off his shift and he like walked in and he like just had basic questions and he was like, Hey, uh, can I ask you something? And I was like, I don't work here. He's like, it's cool. You ride though. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, so like, how'd you start? And I literally, I told him, I gave him the MSF like website and I was like do it like just do it <laughs> like that's what I tell everyone I'm like take the MSF course 100 percent like they course. tell you things that are common sense after you hear them but they are not common sense unless you hear them no, that makes sense. yeah and so it's like after they say it they're like oh, you're like oh okay yeah that totally makes sense but I would have not even thought of that um but yeah so I was like just do it best decision I've ever made in my life. Just do it. He was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to sign up. I'm like, yeah, do it. <laughs> you were his Uber woman. I was, I was, that's my goal every day is just to be someone's Uber woman. <laughs> my friend was kind of like that for me, but I try and do it as much as possible because it, it like transforms your life. It really does. So much independence, so much freedom. Like I've only been camping twice in my life and you know how, when that was? this summer the last two months with the girls moto camping trips Ugh, never I'm been so camp- I missed it it looked like a lot of it was they were both great Ugh. but I yeah I had never been camping before and I was like you know what this I can do I can ride you know I can camp <laughs> it's fine <laughs> I was camping for the first time it was good my first time was babes right out it was like the best situation you could be in because especially coming from New York and being in the like community from here because there was like 30 women that went from here and we had like a van set up like a griddle like a coffee like literally Mr. Coffee Maker like a generator so it was like the best situation to be in for your first camping experience and then for the Fox Run I just went with one other girl I knew but um then three girls that she knew and they had a little like Boy Scout style stovetop thing. So like one night we made mac and cheese 
and hot dogs. But the other night, like there was, they did like um, potluck. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just ate whatever people brought. But yeah, that's always like my biggest fear. It's like, what am I going to eat? Like, how am I going to store it? That's your biggest fear? Mine is like, which tree do I go to the bathroom behind? Oh, well, they had, they had outhouses. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah, and showers, what? which I didn't use, but oh, they were there. Okay. I mean, you're just going to smell the fox <laughs> run. Are you kidding? It was like 108 degrees. It was so stupid. So I was like, there's no point in showering. I wore the same pants every day, like when I rode, like no point. I'm just going to. I did shower the morning before we left so that I wasn't disgusting when I got home, but I was still disgusting when I got home because it was so hot on the ride back. Yeah, the summers here are pretty brutal, especially when you need to wear, like, full gear because I won't go riding without a jacket and jeans and stable shoes that cover my ankles. Yeah, I was that way until on the way back from Box Run, and I ended up wearing a tank top, like, halfway through. I know, it was... I honestly was, like... Is it safer for me to be geared up and pass out or like just being extra cautious? Extra cautious. The answer is always extra cautious. And in a tank top and not pass. You know, like it's just yeah, like. Yeah. Like do I, you know. Yeah. It was miserably hot. And even with my helmet like visor up, it felt like a blow dryer in my face. <laughs> so it was cooler if my visor was down. It was just, it was so hot. I was dripping with sweat. So bad. Sounds like a great time. So fun. Go camping, everyone. <laughs> Three hours away. That's a cool first. And, like, unless you had your motorcycle, then, you know. Yeah. The I wouldn't. That you went camping, especially in those ways with such great people. And in New York. Yeah. Like, living in the city. Not There's a chance. One at the beginning of September. Because um, that week I'm going on a ride, which, by the way, you should totally. Oh, yeah. You can get turned off. Um, but I'm thinking of having a back so that the option is either we can go camping at the two-day ride thing or uh, uh, a friend of ours, Pearson, is going to be at the track oh, yeah. in Philly for those three days. So it'll be like a do whichever one you want. Yeah. Um, but I still haven't been. It sounds really fun. You haven't been camping? Not camping with like moto people. Yeah. I've been camping tons of times. Um, one of the best campings was my family had an rv for a week oh that's so, so it was fun. an rv for like three full-size people maybe four <laughs> if you want to push it so it's a van we had <laughs> no it was like a full rv it was just like you know having sleeping arrangements yeah, yeah sleeping arrangements and then when you're not sleeping you're just like standing up with the space like, <laughs> yeah. right four full-size people and we had my two parents, and we were all kids at the time, but five kids. Oh, man. And a dog. And I brought my cat because... Because <laughs> the dog's coming. Why cat? wouldn't I bring my cat? Why can't the cat come? And that was a horrible, horrible decision. She was constantly sick. Actually, that poor baby. Oh, oh. Nugget. It was so awful, but it was cute. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, sweet baby. But um, have you had any, like, other firsts because of... Mm, I changed my oil like all the, like the things that I've done to my bike like I never changed my car oil myself like I don't even know how to do that yeah me either but I do on my bike now you have to like lift the car up and let it like drip but off. you also have to do that with your bike turns out and that's what I did on the side of the road in Astoria with <laughs> a friend <laughs> in front of her apartment <laughs> um yeah next is my brakes I 
put a new muffler on because I lost my muffler. I did watch your Instagram story. Thanks. What did you call your your wrench? So you think you can wrench? Yeah, you can wrench. <laughs> I love that. That's going to be my YouTube channel. Look you it up. You should. <laughs> you have a filmmaker husband. That's true. Make it. Do it. Get creative. It's true. Everyone's got some kind of like motorcycle creative thing. I mean. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that. My next is brakes, though. I've just got my brakes in. I need It doesn't look hard. No? <laughs> I don't know what you watched, but the YouTube videos about my bike seems fairly simple. I don't ever watch a video thinking that, like, oh, this is easy. This guy did it in, like, 30 minutes. It takes me, like, three hours. Well, yeah, because you're doing it for the first time. Do you have a service manual for your bike? Um, I do now. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> my first one, the easy, it was, like, 10 years old, so, like, Obviously, the manual's not there anymore. Yeah. So I never had one. So if I needed something, I would go online. But there's a forum. For oh, yeah. GSM, everything. So yeah. I would just go on there and search for it and get the answer. Or there's, like, a ton of videos because it's fairly common little, like, yeah. shit bike. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I miss her. Oh, <laughs> Susie. I know. Baby. She got ruined. That's okay. Now I have tomato. There she is. Mine's Marge. Marjorie, but Marge for sure. (laughs) (laughs) How did you come up with Marge? I was just, I just was channeling like old lady names. And I, every day I would just like take in different names I heard. And I think I was like in a movie and Marge was the name of someone. And I was like, that's it. (laughs) That's the one. Right? I actually love, like, classic old lady names. Like, yeah, and it's, like, a classic bike, so I'm like, eh, it works. How long you got her now? Got her in October. So wow. almost a year. I've almost you had my license. a year? Yeah. What? <laughs> I got my license in October. I, I did the MSF course in October. I feel like that's kind of how the New York community is, too, because we have the chats and everything that people get put into, and so it's, like, it. I've been in there since almost when I started writing, like probably December or January. And it's like now everybody who comes in the chat after me assumes that I've been in like writing forever because I'm like active and like talking to people and like commenting on different people's things. And I think like it's really easy to think that everyone's been writing for so long, but really a lot of the girls like in our writing community is like the last three years. Which is amazing. Yeah. Go ladies. Woo. Go ladies. Go ladies. <laughs> no, it's, it's really cool to see that there are women. Because I never really saw that growing up. And like, no. the more I get into it, similar to how you read a bunch of stuff when you started getting into coffee, I'm kind of doing that with mm-hmm. motorcycle books. So for anyone who's listening, if you want the book that I read, I put in uh, like an Instagram thingy, whatever. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> Highlights. Highlights, yeah. Yeah. God, I'm so bad at social media. <laughs> it's like one part of the job, not a fan. But, so I read all these books. Um, my sister gave me one that I would recommend to every Oh, wait, woman. you told me about this one. Yes. yes. The uh, Women Empowerment and Motorcycles. And it just blew me away. Because every story is completely different, but at the same time, it kind of is the same. Yeah. It's like, where they come from and how they get there is different, but the end feeling of, 
I feel more complete as a human being mm-hmm. and more confident in myself. Yeah. Is That's the, kind of what you're doing, Sarah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just podcast version. I mean, kind of. That's my goal. Look at you. Except, you know, I'm about equality, so like men can come too. I guess. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, just so that, I mean, selfishly, I get to hear great stories about people I know next to nothing about. Which yeah. Is super fun. Like, hey, stranger, tell me everything. <laughs> Spill the tea. <laughs> <laughs> I love that saying. It's really good. So you work at Baku Coffee Bank. All right. Reminded myself yes. Um, you work at Patent Pending. Patent Pending is the cocktail bar that's open at night. Um, we're like the front for the cocktail bar. So it's kind of like a speakeasy style. Um, so the well, coffee, right. Welcome to New York. There's so <laughs> one in Brooklyn that's, um, it's a tequila bar and it's behind, uh, what looks like a fridge for. Oh, I've heard about this. Here's the thing. I have never been to another speakeasy, but I hear about them all day because people will come in and they're like, this is the bar, right? And I'm like, yeah, it's behind the menu. And then they're like, oh my God, there's another speakeasy. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, I, you know, because like I'm like a dive bar kind of girl. Like, give me $7 cocktails, like $3 beers. Like, that's where I'm at. So. Uh, I mean, I love a good dive bar. Where's the one? It's like, I think it's on the west side. And if you buy a beer, you get a hot dog. Oh, there's one with pizza too. Yeah, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know. I don't plan things, so I just show up to things when it comes to, like, especially when it involves a bar, because I don't know a lot of them. So I'm just like, oh, where are we going? Okay, I'll be there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, like, buy a beer, get something to eat is just a great model. second you're drunk and need food oh it's the best thing you've ever eaten the best yeah because all you want at a bar that doesn't have food is dollar slices mm-hmm. so they should just like give it to yeah <laughs> thank you so what's the coffee shop actually called it's not patent coffee. coffee it's just patent coffee yeah well, you know that makes sense yeah right there. yeah <laughs> um yeah so like our logos like kind of looks like a little patent stamp Cute. um but yeah, the I came on a week after they opened um, because they just needed staff and they didn't have a manager at the time. And I accepted the job over the phone without even seeing the cafe. I was on a road trip to Chicago because I had just quit my job the day before. And I knew that if I didn't plan a trip after I quit my job, I would stay there because that had been how it had been <laughs> like I just kept putting in my notice and then I just kept working and so I'm like all right this is my last day babe the next day we're going on a trip and I'm like done done like I'm walking out and I'm never looking back <laughs> and so um I was on my way to Chicago on a road trip and I get a call from the owner and he's like hey so-and-so gave me your name says you manage this place um would you be interested in sending me your resume 
we really need someone and you know this other person was a good recommendation or whatever and so I was like all right this is how much I'd need like this is here's my resume like I really wasn't looking to manage something because I had been really burned out at my last job I was kind of just looking to just be a barista somewhere and just like chill for a bit Mm -hmm. but I had a like a trail shift at another cafe for a barista position and I just didn't really get great vibes from the team there and like the owner like it just kind of felt like boys club which is a lot of jobs in general but cafes too and so I was like kind of iffy about it but I was like well I'll just take it like if nothing else and then he called it and I was like all right if you can give me this amount of money and like they closed like he told me they closed at four and I was like uh I'm out by five every day like that's not normal absolutely (laughs) so I was like you mean I have a life (laughs) like you're literally forcing me to have a life because we're closed great So, yeah, so the first 10 days that I was there, after I got back from my trip, I was there open to close because we didn't have any other staff. So we opened at 7, closed at 4. So I worked, like, 6.30 to 4.30 every day for, like, 10 days before I got another employee. And then um, the last year, I've just kind of been building my, like, what I call, like, my A-team. Like, they're great. Like, I brought a girl with me from my last job. She worked with me there and the cafe before so we work together all three places now that's really cool yeah um we're kind of a package deal and then I have two other employees that are full-time and they're great one of them was from the cafe before (laughs) (laughs) I was like hey I heard everyone else left after I did besides you do you want out (laughs) and she was like yes please so I was like come on over um and then yeah, the other person, they just sent in a resume, and I was like, yeah, like, come in for an interview, and they were great, so. That's amazing. Yeah. How many people are on your A-team? Uh, there's just four of us because of our hours, and it's a pretty small space, so um, it's pretty much three people working all day during the week, and the weekends are pretty slow because it's, like, in Tech Boy City, so it's when people aren't at work, they're not in the cafe, and they're not on the streets, like, where the cafe is so um we just have one person working like on saturday and one person working on sunday because it's pretty chill so where do you get your beans from because i know you care about that we use say Mm -hmm. um which is out of brooklyn they're in bushwick um we're currently private labeling but i'm just gonna give you the sneak peek information but um, yeah, so we use them. They're great. The guys are great. Um, one of the owners is actually the one that referred me to the owner of the cafe because I hit him up to see if they were hiring at the time because I love their coffee so much and they're very transparent about everything, um, about where it comes from. Uh, they buy their coffee direct trade. So they have a lot of like, they have pretty like deep relationships with the farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the, like head owner I guess or whatever like he uh like has traveled to the farms um just this past year was the first time he went um but he's built relationships through farmers by buying their coffee every year and promising to buy their coffee every year so it's something that the farmers can bank on 
um, when a lot of the time they send their coffee to what's called the sea market and then they just kind of if it doesn't sell for the price they want it for they just have to keep dropping the price until it sells and but if someone can come in and say hey I'll pay you a fair price because your coffee's great or it's not great but I have faith that if I pay you this money this year next year it can be better because you now I'm investing. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, they're really great guys. They know what they're doing. Good. Wow. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, it is really good coffee. I've tried it, and it's like there's maybe 10 coffee shops between me and between me and your coffee shop, and I will still go out of my way to get there. It's just it's so good. What an honor. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I like it. Yeah. I also really like the um, – the, I feel like I brought like little copies at each place that I like. Like for a while, I was really into the Honey Badger at Gregory's. Okay. Before I was like, oh wait, this is so sweet. Um, but it was just like a really fun, refreshing. Was it like a latte, like milky? It with- was like a yeah. It was kind of like an iced coffee that tasted sweet because of the honey. Honey, yeah. And I just like hadn't had that before. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the way I started drinking coffee like and actually appreciating the flavors in it was because I couldn't just drink espresso straight Mm -hmm. so I started like changing the ratios and drinking less milk in it as I went so that I could eventually like get myself down to just drinking espresso Um, but my go-to is always a cappuccino with a little bit of honey Mm. and then yeah and I still revert back to it like if I go into a cafe and I'm just like there to socialize I'm like I will judge this coffee and not enjoy anything about this experience if I just drink coffee. So I get a, a cappuccino with a little honey in it because it's just good no matter where you get it from because <laughs> the honey sweetens it. And if it's not good, you add more honey and it's fine. <laughs> but, yeah. You should, like, is there, like, a name for that company? Emily's Cappuccino. I don't know. Everything. <laughs> All of it. No, that's pretty cool. You went on um, kind of like a rant like a little while ago on your Instagram about like the vis- or the transparency bit and like how much it costs to like get a coffee bean and why people complaining about a $4 coffee shouldn't complain about a $4 coffee. I read some of it. <laughs> <laughs> it was too long to read. Um, but... I was very curious to, like, get your perspective on that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just a matter of how much labor goes into one cup of coffee is ridiculous. And the fact that you can go to McDonald's and get a dollar coffee, like, is so devaluing to the whole chain. Like, um, from the farm itself, it takes sewing the like coffee plant and then there's pickers that literally like literally like like planting it yeah and then like you're waiting for the coffee cherries to ripen and then there's pickers who literally by hand go through these coffee trees and pick off the ripe ones and leave the non-ripe ones so that they'll come back for and then from there there's like the processing so there's all these different processes of coffee and there's like 
natural, honey processed, fully washed. And depending on that, that's usually like a two or three day process. Um, like one process, the coffee cherries sit um, with, so the bean of the coffee is actually like a seed inside of this coffee cherry, like fruit. And so like one of these processes is they lay out the coffee cherries on this big bed, drying bed, and they let it sit and essentially kind of like firm it. Mm-hmm. And then they have to go through and like depulp them essentially, like pull the coffee cherries off of the seeds and then wash the seeds. And then they have to like bag the, the seed, like the beans. And then they have to try like either they have someone that's already lined up to buy it or like some farmers literally like essentially take it to like market and they go and try to convince people to buy like 200 pounds of their coffee and yeah so it's a lot and that's just on the farm side that's not even like us getting it here by freight and then like roasting it and then bagging it and then labeling it and then gets to the coffee shop and then everyone if you know what you're doing like if you're at like a specialty coffee shop like usually everyone who's like in charge of making a tasty coffee like has anywhere from a year to like three years experience like of in-depth knowledge um that they've learned and like books they've read and like classes they've gone to certifications they've gotten and they're there to make sure that the farmer's product is tasting the best it can for the customer and so it's just like wow hundreds of hands are touching your coffee before it comes to you and that sounds gross but it's also (laughs) so much like experience on every like level that's really impressive just to get me my cold brew yeah so how do you like cold brew being a huge thing right now everyone's Mm -hmm. like yeah um how do you feel about like the fads with coffee and like customers coming in and ordering it in a way that isn't the best way for a bean to be enjoyed? i think is there a best way i honestly like if you would have asked me like two years ago i would have said yeah it needs to be black like no cream no sugar but like in reality yeah like being and coffee longer has taught me like coffee is very personal, like to everyone, like you have your drink that you get and for you to enjoy. And like in customer service, our goal is to make you a drink that you enjoy. And so, I mean, if that's like a 16 ounce latte, like cool. But if it's a 12 ounce strip coffee, cool too. Like it's just comes down to if you're, like really like willing to pay like for what you want and to make sure like the transparency is there, which is just huge right now. And like the coffee scene, everyone's trying to like be more transparent, which I think is kind of everywhere right now. Like you, everyone wants to know like where their groceries come from and like, are there pesticides and like, blah, blah, blah. They realize they can ask those questions. <clears throat> people have done that with businesses which is why some businesses have started failing because they're like oh wait a minute this isn't some you actually yeah yeah 
and it's it's good and it's bad like but like one of the like like how big dairy is kind of taking a hit because of all these alternative milks like and yeah everyone has their feelings on that yeah like all these farmers who this is all they've done it's kind of similar to coffee farmers like there's not the demand for dairy that there used to be because everyone doesn't like is lactose intolerant or lactose sensitive or they just think dairy's bad for you in general and they go for almond milk or whatever but like that's people's livelihoods that that's all they know and they can't just switch their crop or like their farm over to something else because that's all they know it's cool to like hear how passionate you are about coffee and like how much you know just from being like oh i'm interested in this i'm gonna learn and then doing the same thing with motorcycles so now you have these two passions one you've got to develop for the last three years and one that you are in process of developing Mm -hmm. which i mean if you've gotten to the place you are now with coffee after just a few years i imagine it was doing something with motorcycles is going to be equally yeah i have no idea where i'm going on that i have like such a better appreciation for coffee i mean i was kind of on the road there with my uncle but it's just i had no idea that that's like what the process was yeah and just know too Everyone, that just because a coffee shop has high prices doesn't mean that they're paying fair wages to everyone involved. <laughs> and I don't have a solution for how to find that out. But if if they're open about the transparency, I would say be a regular at a cafe that like is open about those things. If they're not open about it, there's probably something sketchy happening. Well, patent coffee, Emily. That's me. Yeah, thanks.